celebrate peace, peace that only Jesus Christ can bring. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your responses to God or your requests to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will, give, will, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Today, the Jackson family has come to light the candle. Nick's going to light the candle of peace. And we're so grateful for you guys being here and for lighting the candle today. Thank you, Jackson family, for lighting the candle of peace today. Nick, thank you. This morning we have the distinct honor and pleasure of hearing a girl's trio sing. Lila, Alba, and Ann Catherine, come on and lead us in worship. Will you do that? child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace Emmanuel with us in our friends. 
government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That was Lila Hardesty and Ann Catherine Lester and Alba Sanderson. I didn't give their last names, but I wanted you to know who they are and what a beautiful job. And it's a great preview of what's going to happen tonight with our children's choir. They're coming to lead us tonight in this beautiful musical, and we hope you will come and join us and be part of that. We're just glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We're glad all of you are here. And if you're a guest, we welcome you. And I want to remind you that there's a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. If you want to go by there and pick it up after the service, we'd love for you to uh, do that and have some information inside there. Uh, and if you have any questions, we'll be happy to answer those questions if we can. But thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us by live stream today. And we pray that all of you, under the sound of our voice, feels the presence of the Lord as we worship him today. I'll give you an opportunity to stand and greet those around you. And then we'll join in singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And now you join as we lift our voices and praise together.
now you continue with it as our worship team leads us in
Wow, what beautiful, powerful music. I'm lucky I still have a voice to talk because I was singing my heart out there just to give praise to the only one who's worthy to be praised. And we are so grateful that you are here today. Thank you to all of the musicians for our girls trio. We're so proud of you. I said at the early service, when our children are not ashamed to stand up and proclaim Jesus Christ, there's hope for the next generation. So I'm so, so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that you're here today and that the presence of the Lord is in this place. I want you to know that before you even came this morning, this place has been bathed in prayer. And so know the pews you're sitting in have been prayed over. The chairs you're sitting in in the balcony have been prayed over. The choir loft has been prayed over. These instruments have been prayed over. This pulpit, this pastor has been prayed over. And we know that God is able to do what we cannot do on our own strength. So we are so thankful that this is a church that believes in the power of prayer. Whether you're in this place or you're watching online, I pray you feel his presence. This is the season that we are reminded we should never forget Emmanuel, God with us. And he is with us today. And if you feel led to come this morning to kneel at this altar or to stand and pray or wherever you're watching can be your altar, your place of prayer, I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray, God, thank you. Thank you for the sweet spirit that we feel in this place. Lord, I pray that people, wherever they're praying today, in this community, in this state, somewhere in this country or across the world, that they might feel your presence today. Because, God, you are able, and we thank you that you're able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to your power that is at work within us. Father, we are humbled and honored that you would love us so much that you would send your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save us of our sin, that whoever would believe in you, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank you for the hope we have in Christ. And Father, this morning we lift up folks at this altar, people praying from their seats. Our prayer list is long of people that are hurting. Father, we pray once again for the Winkfield family and the loss of Wilgus's brother-in-law. Charles Osborne and ask that you would comfort this family. Father, we pray for many who are in need of a miracle today. And Father, you know their names. 
but we claim with your wounds, with your stripes, they are healed in every way. Bless them, O oh God, in the strong name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for families that need healing today. We pray for addictions that need to be broken today. We pray, O oh God, for depression that needs to be lifted. We pray, O oh God, for friendships that need to be restored. We pray, O oh God, for revival and spiritual awakening to break loose across this state, this country, and this world. And, O oh God, be with our leaders today and our lawmakers because they need godly wisdom and insight. Bless our military, God, and keep them safe, especially as they are away from families during the, this holiday season. And Father, we just pray that this church would always be a lighthouse on this hill, drawing people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Forgive me, forgive us, God, when it's been about us instead of about you, because it should always be about Jesus. And oh Lord, I pray that we would fix our eyes upon you, the author and perfecter of our faith. So Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move in this service, that you would sing again and play through our choir and our instrumentalists. And Father, pray that you would speak through your word and your servant. And Father, if there are those here watching that don't know Jesus Christ, that they would not leave this place or go throughout the remainder of their day without surrendering their heart and lives to Jesus and making a profession of faith in Christ. Father, we love you and thank you for loving us. And we pray this prayer by faith in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to a very familiar passage? It's becoming one of my favorite passages in all of God's Word. It's found in John chapter 16, verse 33. And afterward, would you be in prayer for the choir and our instrumentalists as they come to lead us? But hear these words that Jesus spoke. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. What a beautiful and powerful song, and I appreciate the choir and our instrumentalists for leading so beautifully, and thank you for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor to get you ready to hear more important things, and maybe you recall the story of a man who was really down on his luck. He uh, had lost his job. His unemployment ran out. He was desperate. He didn't know what he was going to do, and then he had a friend that said, I heard there was a, an opening down at the local zoo and thought you might be interested. Well, the man thought about it. And he said, I don't know anything about animals. It's out of my comfort zone, but I do need a job. So he goes down and meets the director of the zoo, and, and there they shook hands, and he told him he was interested in the job, and the director at the zoo said, I'm so sorry. We've already filled that position, but as a matter of fact, Another position has just uh, come available if you're interested. And the man said, well, I am interested. What kind of job is it? He said, well, our leading attraction to this zoo was this gorilla. And uh, the gorilla died. And he said, we need someone who will don or put on a gorilla suit and act as a gorilla as people come to the zoo. And the, and the guy goes, well, I don't know. He goes, it pays well. He goes, I'll take it. So the first few days, this man who was desperate put on this gorilla suit and, and he would swing kind of lifelessly along the vine and, and he would occasionally beat his chest. And, and, but after about a week, he was really getting into the role and he began to posture and he began to swing on those vines and, and would yell a little bit. He was really getting into it to one day as he was swinging on the vines, he he got a little bit too much into it, lost control, and he landed in the lion's cage. Well, the lion gave this ferocious growl and roar, and, and the man was scared to death in this gorilla suit. And as he was backing up, the lion was coming closer and closer. So the man in the gorilla suit began to pray, Oh, God, help me. God, help me. And as the lion got closer, the lion put its nose right against the man's nose in the gorilla suit. And he goes, silly, be quiet or you're going to get us both fired. <laughs> oh, man, I'm here all day long, all day. You know, recently my son Isaiah and I were able to go to a uh, to a UK basketball game, and if, and if you've been, we were grateful to have the opportunity to go, and if you've ever been, there's a big screen in the middle of Rupp, and throughout the course of the game, they'll put different people on the screen. They'll, they'll have, you know, the, uh, the uh, hunt cam, and they'll show somebody in the audience, you know, they'll, they'll have uh, the dance cam, and they'll show someone dancing. Our own Darren Moscow used to be a regular on the dance cam, and now they'll even split the screen, and there can be a dance-off with people on the screen. There might be the smile cam, and people will smile, and they'll show everyone around Rep in all these different locations. And usually when the camera is shown on someone, they many times will do a gesture. They, you know, you know they'll, they'll do the number one sign or... Or maybe they'll do the rock and roll sign. You know, they'll do the, yeah, they'll do this, you know. And, or sometimes they'll do the, 
the John Wall, you know, flexing sign on the screen or sometimes, you know, they might give the I love you sign. They'll do I love you and sign to someone. And, and, but I've noticed when I've been more times than not, when the camera's put on someone, many times they give the peace sign. That's one of the first things they do. They'll, you know, <laughs> they'll, they'll give the sign, the peace sign. Well, I remember vividly as a child imitating comedian Rich Little who used to imitate then-President Richard Nixon when he would say, let's make this perfectly clear. <laughs> and he'd do the peace sign. I didn't even know what he was talking about, but, you know, I was making it perfectly clear to make the peace sign. Well, I did a little research to see where did the peace sign come from. Well, you may already know this, but there was a British campaign uh, for nuclear disarmament in 1958, and that's when the peace symbol was first created. And then the Allied forces during World War II would make the V as a, uh, as a symbol or to convey victory and then during World War II and during the Vietnam War, anti-war activists would hold up the two fingers to represent peace. And so today, as we come to the second Sunday of Advent, we're talking about peace. Now, I know that Jesus in our scripture was in the upper room with his disciples giving them last-minute instructions before he would go to die on the cross. I know you're thinking today, well, we're talking about Jesus being born, the baby. Well, we prepare today for Advent, for Christmas, but we also prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ because you know he's coming back, and we are to prepare for that Advent. And so... If there would have been cameras in the upper room, then I would feel certain that this would have been a heart cam. A heart cam would have been showing Jesus as he was trying to give words of encouragement, words of warning, words of, of wisdom and love and challenge to his disciples, basically giving the peace sign. And so, I don't know what's going on in your life today, where you are. Um, I thought about it. I was laughing to myself, and I maybe even shared in a staff meeting one day. We're going to, you know, we've got, if y'all notice, we have some cameras in here. We're going to start putting you on the screen during church. We're going to have the sleep cam. <laughs> We're going to have the sleep cam. So, you never know. You never know where it's going to show. We're going to put you on the screen. So, if you see your face on the screen sometime during the service today, you know, I want to see somebody do this or anyway, that's a joke. But I feel like with all my heart, as Jesus talked to his disciples, the message is as powerful and as clear for us today. And if we are to prepare, then we must first have peace in him peace in him. In this very powerful verse, verse 33 of John 16, Jesus said, 
I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. What were the, these things? I have told you these things. Well, we can look back in that great upper room discourse where Jesus shared many wonderful things. I want to share a few. One of the things he shared out of John 13, verses 34 and 35, a new command I give you. You should love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That command is still for us today as it was for them at that time. And then if you would read that very next verse, verse 36 out of John 13, Jesus said, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. He was trying to give them comfort and assurance. But then he shared these beautiful words that I shared so often at a funeral service, John 14, 1 through 4. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then he said in John 14, verses 16 and 17, Jesus said, but I will ask the Father and he will send an advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. He's talking about the Holy Spirit that will be with us. And then Jesus said in John 14, 27, my peace I leave you. My peace I give you. And I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Those were the things Jesus was saying to give peace to his disciples and to you and me. I hope and pray that gives you peace today to hear these encouraging words from Jesus Christ himself. But then as the girl sang beautifully a while ago, out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, when the prophet Isaiah was prophesying about the coming Messiah of Jesus Christ, he said, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Where Jesus is, there is peace. And most of all, I pray that that peace would be in your heart, in my heart, and our hearts. Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Did you hear that? Therefore, since we have been justified. See, we were sinners for all have sinned. All of us are sinners. All of us have made mistakes. Therefore, since we have been justified, just as if we had never sinned, Jesus was the spotless Lamb of God, that Lamb without blemish who would be the perfect sacrifice to save you and me, to bring peace into our lives. Now, I said this at the early, and I'll say it again. Until we get the vertical relationship right 
with Jesus Christ and make peace with him. Don't expect to ever have peace horizontally with others. There's something not right when we are not right with him. And until we get things right this way, we're never going to be right this way with others. And I pray today that you would have peace with him and in him. Last week, I visited several people who are critically ill. Um, one in hospice, another very seriously ill. And, I, and I was, as I was visiting them, I always take that opportunity to talk to them about their relationship with the Lord. And I asked this person before leaving their room, I said, I want to ask you, are you at peace with God? I said, have you made peace in your heart with Jesus Christ? And they said, yes, I have. I said, then that's the greatest thing, that you could tell me that you are at peace with God because I hate to ever walk out of somebody's hospital room or out of hospice care or out of church without knowing that if we were to die today, this night, that you are at peace, that you'll be with the Lord in heaven forever and ever. And I want to ask you that right now. I, I mean, this is your opportunity. If you don't have that peace that Bill read about that passes all understanding, why not? What are you waiting for? Why not get things right before it's too late? Before you leave this room, before you leave this church, give your life fully surrendered to Jesus. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. None of us are. But you will have peace for whatever is ahead. Do you know him today? Do you have peace with God? We have been justified through faith so that we have peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. But not only does he prepare us to have peace in him, but he warns us that we're going to have problems in this world. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. Would you all agree with that? In this world. Some people think once you give your life to Christ, all of a sudden, we are exempt for many problems. Matter of fact, that's when they really just start getting started. Because there is an enemy that's throwing a fit, the devil, that hates it when we are drawing near to Christ. We are to resist the devil and draw near to the Lord, and he will draw near to us. And today, he says, you will have problems. Jesus said in John 15, verse 18, he said, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. He goes on to say in verse 20 of John 15, if they persecuted you or persecuted me, they will persecute you also. So he's letting us know you're going to be hated, you're going to be persecuted. You see, the world systems oppose God's purposes. The world and all of its ways are contrary to the holiness of living for Jesus Christ. To be holy means to be different, to be set apart. And there's a, there's a tug of war. There's a locking of horns with the world's ways. That's why Paul said in that great passage out of Romans 12 too, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, 
but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind or spirit. Now, I shared this at the early service, and uh, I remember when I was in school that some of the biggest problems we faced in school was chewing gum and running in the hall. Y'all remember that? That was the biggest problems we faced. Chewing gum and running in the halls. But I want to tell you, the problems are a lot worse today. My daughter, who's in high school, will come home and share with my wife and I some of the stuff she has to go through. Your children, your grandchildren are going through the same thing. My daughter will not use the bathroom at school because she's afraid a boy is going to come in that thinks he's a girl. And so she's scared to go. And yet we are sent messages that, that they can go wherever they want to go. And my son gave my daughter some good advice. And we encouraged her. He said, Sophie, he said, if you've got to go to the bathroom at school, you use the faculty bathroom. You go to the teacher bathroom, and if somebody questions you, you say, I identify as a teacher. It's time that Christians quit being run over by the world and its systems. We are to turn the other cheek, and we are to love, and we are to do whatever is possible to keep peace. But sometimes you got to have war to get to peace. And I am ashamed that I haven't done more. That we need to go to our superintendents, our board members. We need to call our lawmakers and say, look, we are trying to be people of integrity and people of love, but it's not fair to the 700 or 800 or 1,000 kids that are being persecuted. We must always show love. Paul said in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on me, we are to live at peace with everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on me, we are to live at peace with everyone. And so I'm not saying that we need to say mean things, do mean things, because that will cancel out our Christian message. We can be Christians with integrity and with the love of Jesus Christ, show that love to others. So I pray today that we would ask the Lord, because Jesus said in those great Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. I've shared this over and over. My mother, I know, is a child of God. You know why? Because she lived with five men in our house. My three older brothers and my dad, all of us, my mom was constantly making peace with everyone. And I have to tell you, I've got some of my dad in me, and I've got some of my mom in me, and the mom in me is that I have too tried to be a peacemaker. I've tried to be a peacemaker as a pastor of this church and protecting this church from evil and harm. I've tried to protect you from the world. 
I've tried to sometimes take the responsibility when bad things have happened so as to keep peace. I believe the devil loves conflict. He loves strife, and strife is a sin. But peace is from God. And if we are to be his children, then blessed are the peacemakers, for we shall be called the children of God. We do whatever it takes to keep peace with others, even if it means we suffer sometimes. We suffer and take the blame. But think about the blame Jesus took. He was the only perfect person ever to live, yet he was crucified. So we know we're going to suffer. We know we're going to be persecuted. But praise God, we're getting to the best part, the last part of verse 33, but he says, but take heart, I've overcome the world. This is the promise of victory. The promise of victory. I love that passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 15, uh, 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Fully give yourselves over to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord will not be in vain. Did you hear that? To stand firm, let nothing move you. To fully give yourselves over to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord will not be in vain. Sometimes I wonder, we wonder if we're doing any good. That we're fighting an uphill battle. That there's no need for me to say this, to do this, because it's, we're fighting a losing battle. I pray that we would always go down fighting the good fight. Not fighting worldly fights, but fighting the good fight. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, it says, The world and its desires will pass away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. Did you hear that? The world and its desires will pass away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. What do you think God's will is for you today? I know some of y'all are here, and I know you're not at peace. I, I know you're not. Some of y'all are here and you've not talked to a family member in years. You don't spend holidays because y'all don't talk. It's too awkward. Some of y'all are here because you're not on speaking terms with your family. Some of y'all are here and you're, you're not at peace with somebody at work. You stay in your corner and they stay in theirs. And it's awkward. If they're in the coffee room, you go somewhere else. Some of y'all won't even speak to your spouse in your own house. One goes one way, one goes the other. Some of y'all haven't spoken to a rebellious child because they burned a lot of bridges. Some of you all are here today and, and you're at odds with a fellow Christian. That's not what God desires for his children. We are to live at peace. We can agree to disagree and still love each other. And we are to live at peace if we want God's blessing. Blessed are the peacemakers. If we want his blessing, we've got to learn to get along even with those hard-to-love people. We've got to love them and know that we are loved by God and we're hard to get along with too, that he loves us. And he forgives us. 
Have you asked for his forgiveness today? Have you said, have you cried out, God, I've messed up. I've hurt my family. I've, I've hurt my friends. Most of all, I've hurt you, God. Forgive me. If you can ask him for forgiveness, he'll forgive you right now. That's a promise from God. Or maybe you're here and you're a Christian, but you've been sitting on the sideline watching the game go by. I've told you last week, I think we're all good uh, coach couch, uh, couch coaches. We like to point out all the faults of everybody in the game until we get in the game. We need to get in the game today. Or maybe you've been looking for a church. I tell this every week. We are not perfect. I am not perfect. I know you find fault in me, but there's no fault in Jesus. If you've got your eyes on him, he'll never disappoint you. I promise. He will never let you down. He is always faithful. We let people down, but he never will. The promise is for victory. I, I want to close by sharing. So I didn't share this at the early service, so they missed it. So, uh, but I didn't feel led to do it at the early service, but I feel led to do it now. I, I've shared this with you before, and it's so funny how I remember this. Mark Toothaker, I think you said the first Sunday you and Mallory visited here was years ago, and I, I shared this in a sermon. I'm not going to do everything I did in that message, but I, I'll close with this, and I'm sure Ronnie Barnes, you will know about this over in Garrett County too, but I know that when I was at my dad was a bivocational school principal and a minister of music. My mom played the piano at church, taught school their whole lives, and raising uh, four boys and the youngest one in curls. But the fact is, <laughs> I remember when I played basketball at Camp Dick Robinson over in Garrett County, right off 127. I was a Camp Dick bob Bobcat. Was it was Camp Dick Robinson. And uh, we used to fill that old gym, remind me of the Hoosiers gym, the wooden bleachers. And to take the ball out of bounds, you had to turn your feet like this because there wasn't room between the out of bounds line and the brick wall that was there. And, and I, I remember we'd have pep rallies. I don't know if schools even do pep rallies anymore. They might occasionally do one, but we'd do pep rally. And man, we, we would get in, you know, the sixth grade, the seventh grade, eighth grade would sit together and... And everybody would be, you know, begin their cheer. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? And then the other class would respond. We got spirit. Yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? And then after they'd go around to each grade level, then they'd say, We've got more. We've got more. Do anybody ever remember that? Was that we the only one that ever did that years ago? <laughs> and then they had a spirit stick. It was just a stick with tassels hanging off that had gold bobcats. I was blue and white was our school colors. And so they would go over here to the bleacher and hold it up in front of the sixth grade. B-I-C-T-O-R-Y, that's the sixth grade battle cry. Then they'd hold it until in front of the seventh grade. B-I-C-T-O-R-Y, that's the seventh grade battle cry. Then eighth grade, B-I-C-T-O-R-Y, that's the eighth grade battle cry. Then they would hold it, and each one would just scream their head off and cheer, V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. And whoever was the loudest or the most spirit-filled got to have this spirit stick displayed in the room. And it meant so much. But you know what means so much more now as I'm older and as a Christian? 
The spirit stick for Christians is the cross. The old rugged cross that says V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's the Christian battle cry. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's the Christian battle cry. I don't think I hear you all. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's the Christian battle. Why don't you stand and say it? V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's the Christian. One more time. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's the Christian battle cry. To God be the glory. Let's pray together. God, right now in the stillness of this moment, some people are here and they're struggling. They're battling addiction. They're battling financial problems. They're battling attacks from the enemy. They're battling guilt. They're battling sin. But we know we have overcome through Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God. He gives us victory through Jesus Christ. Lord, if there are folks that need to come forward this morning and give their heart and life to Jesus, may they do that today. And I would be humbled and honored to pray with them. Lord, if there are people here today that are Christians, but they've drifted away and they've become complacent and they've been sitting on the sidelines, I pray, God, that they would renew their vow of commitment and get in the game. We need all hands on deck to fight against the world and its systems. Father, I pray if there are people that are looking for a place to call home, this is an imperfect place. We are a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting. But I pray today that people that are looking for a home, a place where they can feel the Holy Spirit, I pray that they would come. Oh, God, thank you so much for your salvation. Help us to trust in you and to obey your word. And when we do that, we will experience a peace and a joy and a happiness. Move us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to come as we sing a hymn of invitation. If you're watching, contact us here at the office, and we'd be delighted and honored to pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing this hymn of invitation?
just for a moment. I'm going to invite Margaret Pennington to come up beside me. Margaret, would you come up here? I'm so grateful that Margaret shared that they've been visiting recently and that uh, she's found herself in a, in a rough patch, a rough spot, and is wanting the Lord in her life. She said she had made a commitment as a child, but really wanted to renew that commitment. And she prayed and asked Christ into her heart today. And let me just share with you, Margaret, that is the greatest decision any of us could ever make because it's the only one that lasts forever. Everything else is temporary, but he's eternal. And I know you want to pledge your love and, and prayers and support to Margaret by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. Bless you. Thank you. I'll let you be seated. And I'm going to invite you, Margaret, if you don't mind, to join me out in the foyer after the service and let folks welcome you. And she also wants to be a member of this church. And if there are others of you that would like to speak with me, one of our staff, about a decision, it'd be our privilege to pray with you, to talk to you about your decision. That goes for those of you watching online as well. We'd be delighted to speak with you. A couple of things before we go today. Um, don't forget tonight that our children are going to be, that was a little appetizer, they're going to be presenting all about that baby. Uh, I think Megan Trainer first recorded, oh, that was all about that baby. This is all about that baby. <laughs> they're going to be singing tonight. You don't want to miss, they'll do a beautiful job. You don't want to miss it. Wednesday night, 5 o'clock, great meal downstairs. We have a great prayer meeting. When I said this place had been prayed over, we prayed on Wednesday nights. Prayer me if you've never been. We'd love to invite you. And then next Saturday, from 3 to 5, over in the lobby of the Cross Center, uh, we're going to be saying a farewell and have a reception for Bill and Linda Adcock. Uh, if you saw Bill getting a little choked up, this is the last, I guess, normal service before he and Linda head off to Atlanta. And so from 3 to 5, you want to make sure you come and show love to the Adcocks. That'll be next uh, Saturday or this Saturday. And then Sunday, there will be one 11 o'clock service as the choir and orchestra, I know, will bless our hearts with their Christmas music. And so I know you don't want to miss all these very special dates. And then one other quick reminder, December the 18th, we'll do our annual Walk to the Manger this is where we bring our offerings for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering to help international and foreign missionaries all over the world. Hope you'll plan to participate. I know there's a game at one. Let's uh, have a closing song. <laughs> Bill, if you would lead us, invite you to stand at this time. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. And know how much I love you and how much God loves you. Margaret, if you want to... Come on out. We welcome you.